So what certifications do, I like to refer to it as a form of equity in business. They're giving small disadvantaged businesses the opportunity to only compete amongst themselves. So it's like you have five woman-owned businesses competing instead of 25 businesses in general. So, right, instead of competing against, you know, 100 companies, there's only five of you competing, right? So you have a much larger chance of winning. Hello, and thank you for joining the Made to Inspire podcast. This is the podcast for dreamers, entrepreneurs, and business owners who want to go to that next level in your life with Kimberly Smith Austin and Misty Kerrigan. Each week, we will bring you tips, tools, and tactics that will inspire you to take action. Hey, 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 it's Kimberly Smith Austin here, and I want to welcome you back to another episode of the Made to Inspire podcast. I am here today with my awesome and amazing co-host, Misty Kerrigan. Hey, Misty. Hey, Kimberly. Good morning, good evening, good night, whatever time you're listening at. We are on fire here at the Made to Inspire podcast because back by popular demand, we are in now a business series. Do you want to tell them a little bit about this series, Kimberly? Well, you know what? We're talking this time about business for business. And what we thought we'd bring to you is amazing leaders, amazing consultants, people around the world that are going to help you on your journey to being the most amazing business. And they support businesses in their structure, in their format, in everything that we do. And today we have a treat for you. Yes, we said treat. And he comes by the name of Troy A. Small. Listen, if you haven't heard of Troy, you're going to love today's show. Grab your pen and paper, get ready, and let's go. So with that- I want to add before you give to Troy, as you nailed it, is the next series is we're bringing on businesses that exist to help other businesses grow and scale. So if you have a business or a business idea- um, growing and scaling is something you're going to want to do. And there's there's not a lot of companies out there that are as heart-centered and focused on their customers as Troy's company. So we're super excited to have him here today and to go over little tips and strategies, but to really just get to a little know about why. What a great idea, because Troy could have been doing so many other things once you hear him introduce himself, but he chose to jump into a world that helps expand other businesses. And we love that. So without further ado... Mr. Troy A. Small. Awesome. Thank you, Misty. Thank you, Kimberly. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good day to wherever everyone else is. <laughs> uh, thank you for that wonderful introduction. I am uh, so happy to be here today. Uh, I'll go ahead and give a little bit of background about me and 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 where I've come from. Uh, I like to start. Um, I am a, a native of St. Louis, Missouri is where I'm originally from. Uh, I joined the Marine Corps back in 1989. Uh, and I served uh, 20 years of service uh, as a United States Marine. Wow. Uh, during my time as a Marine, um, I worked as a uh, machine gunner. Uh, I served as a drill instructor for three years, training Marine Corps recruits and turning them into Marines. Uh, and I worked for 15 years as a contingency contracting officer. Um, and as a contracting officer, this is where I gained my experience for federal government contracting. What I do today is I've taken that experience as a contracting officer and a business advisor 
and I've turned it into a small business consulting firm. My company is Copperwater Consulting. Uh, I'm the founder and owner. And what I do with Copperwater is I'm a government contracting and business consultant. Basically, what I do is I help small business owners, particularly veteran-owned small businesses and woman-owned small businesses, to uh, start up, you know, plan, uh, execute, and basically move the needle and accomplish the goals that they're trying to accomplish. Uh, so that their business can be successful. Um, I'll kind of stop right there. I can I can keep going. Uh, I may have missed some things, Kimberly. I'm not sure, but uh, I'll stop there. Uh, I'm so happy to be here today. I love it. That is an amazing background. I love that you've taken your experience, 20 years, we might add, in the military, taken those <laughs> tools that you've learned and turned it into a business. You know, Troy and I had an opportunity to interview just about three weeks ago, maybe a month ago, and listening to that passion that resided inside of him and how he took it and transferred it into the marketplace. Super excited to hear those things. But we're going to get into a little detail. But Misty, I know you had a question. What was that thing you're thinking about as Troy introduced himself? Was there something that stood out to you? It did. Um, I was lucky enough. I got to, I probably may have been a year ago, time flies. I got to see, uh, Troy, I got to see you give a presentation. And when I sat through the presentation, I first connected on it because I, in my, one of my companies, I'm in charge of government contracts, county contracts, and then federal contracts. And so a lot of things you're saying, I'm like, oh yeah, I relate to that. Then I went on to two other business trainings and in both trainings, everyone was recommending grants. They couldn't say it enough. They say grants are one of the things you should be doing monthly, if not quarterly for any business, because there's so much out there. And then it hit me. I'm like, oh, crap, that's what Troy does. And one of the things Troy does is he really sits down with businesses and really helps them through that process because grants are something that helps your business and infuses it because every business needs financing. That's usually why we're in business, right? But not only do you get the grant process, because some people know how to write grants and other people know how to do strategic business. You combine helping people with grants while strategizing with them for their individual business. Is that true? That's absolutely true. And to add on to that, I help them strategize in their grant response, which is uh, actually uh, needed uh, to the extent where that's what determines if they win the funds or not, right? That's that's what determines if they get funded is if, they're compel if their story is compelling enough, right? So they're mm -hmm. doing a, a social good but are they telling the story in such a way that the funders say, okay, I feel comfortable giving money to the, giving my money to this project, right? Because it's, they're giving their money to a social cause. So that that's absolutely correct. And what I also like to um, uh, let everyone know is that grants and contracts are very similar. Um, the difference between a grant and a contract basically is where the money comes from and the purpose of the money, right? So there's these things called different colors of money. So grant funding basically is put in place for causes of good or to help bigger community um, challenges and problems, whereas contracts are more so to fix a particular good or service, a particular need. Uh, however, the last thing I'll say this on the grants, though, is when you win a grant, you end up with a contract. Yeah. So, <laughs> The so, game has changed. The it, game has changed. It's not it's, a, like it used to be. It really is. Your eyes are are dotted and your your T's are crossed. So 
just coming out there and doing it by yourself, a lot of people get frustrated. Absolutely. There's so much information. There's a lot of conflicting information. Um, there could be conflicting information within the actual grant or the contract, meaning that if you don't understand what they're saying, you, you know, you can confuse yourself. Um, so there's a lot of red tape. And what I've done and what I've decided to do, right, is how I got here today is way back when I was a younger Marine, uh, early on in my career in contracting, I had to make a decision on if I wanted to kind of stay in the Marine path and go, you know, the infantry route and all of that, or if I wanted to kind of think for my future. And I thought that, you know, I can do this contracting thing when I get out of the military, you know, and I can, you know, I can take my knowledge and I can help small businesses who are trying to do business with the government because it's difficult. And I saw that at that time. And so that's what I do now is basically give them the perspective of the government, right? The contracting officer's perspective on how their company can best win that work, right? What can you do to get the government to say yes and award you a contract? So is, it, is it fair to say that if we have a business, we could still do civilian, we could do business, but we could still go after a contract and meet that contract while still having a business? Or do you have to choose? Oh, no, absolutely. No, no, you don't. Um, you can do both. Um, so the, what I sh uh, sh show people that they can do is that as a commercial business, you may have consumer clients, you may have other business to business clients, other commercial clients. Oh. What I'm here to show you is that there's a whole other marketplace that's called the government contracting marketplace. And there's several of them. There's the federal level, there's the state level, there's 50 states. Right. So there's a lot of work out there, a lot of procurement that's being done all around us, unbeknownst to us. And what I'm trying to do is shed light on this buying and the money that's being passed around or, you know, contracted and trying to get my fellow small business owners a piece of that pie. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. I All I can think about is you help people get the bag. You know, I think <laughs> about that expression and how powerful that is. Now, Troy, you and I have talked on a number of occasions, and I understand a couple of things. Although the contracts and grants are out there, your business also helps people get these certifications because I know some of the money is limited by your quote unquote status. Tell us a little bit about the certifications that you help people do or the certifications that are out there and available to give them access to some of the money. Absolutely. I'm glad you asked that. So there are several certifications and at differing levels, and I'll try to respond in such a way that it's easy to understand. So at the federal government level, you have certifications such as service disabled veteran owned small business, woman owned small business, federal contracting program, the 8A program, hub zone program, right at the federal level. At the state level, you also have another disabled veteran business enterprise certification, small business certification, and also minority certifications. Those can vary between the states, but at the basic level, women, minorities, veterans, generally speaking, there's a certification uh, for those different groups. Now, why certifications are important and why they matter is because certifications are a way for our government to kind of level the playing field mm. for small businesses who have been uh, socially and economically disadvantaged against. For instance, all of those minority groups, right? You can point to times in history where these groups have 
uh, have not had as much opportunity as other groups. So what certifications do, I like to refer to it as a form of equity in business. They're giving small disadvantaged businesses the opportunity to only compete amongst themselves. So it's like you have five woman-owned businesses competing instead of 25 businesses in general. So, right, instead of competing against, you know, 100 companies, there's only five of you competing, right? So you have a much larger chance of winning. And so that's why um, for small businesses who, are not, who do not have their certifications, I recommend that they do because as business owners, it's part of our job to be on the receiving end of these contracts, right? Yes. The the lawyers, excuse me, the politicians, the governments put these uh, rules in place and laws in place to say, set aside 25%, 26% of the contracts for small business, but yet the small businesses don't participate. So I'm trying to get small businesses to say, mm-hmm. to look and say, hey, there's programs out there for you, wow. for you, right? For you, service disabled veteran, for you, woman-owned small business, for you, 8A business, there's programs that are there to help you to be in a better position to win, right? You have a higher likelihood of winning. That's all you can ask for in business is a chance, right? And so when you have an increased chance, then we should be definitely trying to take advantage of that. <laughs> so I want to I want to add to that. So if, if I then reapply and then we get money, but that doesn't mean my business, it gives me a chance. But if I don't strategically place that money and do the things that are going to help the business, that's where you come in. It's not only to being able to help me find the money, apply for the money, get certified for the money. But once I get the money, help me as a business owner strategically utilize the money to create more business and impact more customers. A- absolutely. And and it's, it's, a, it's a couple of different ways, because if you're the grants and the contracts are kind of separate. So if you're going for a grant, you actually have to tell them what you're already going to use the money on. And so when you submit that grant proposal, the money is already spent based on what you have in writing. And so when that money's come, then that grant goes for that project you submitted on. So it's kind of by itself, if you will. Now, but to your point, if you're just a normal uh, mom and pop shop or, you know, bigger than that, you know, not that a mom and pop is small or anything, but if you're just, if you're a small business like me, let me say it like that, right. (laughs) Or Kimberly or Misty. uh, And, you know, you're like, you're doing business and your business is clicking away. You're pretty successful. Obviously we can always be more, but you've keep hearing about this contracting thing. Yes. I come in and I'm, I help you to strategize on, okay, well, this is what you sell. Let's find out who in the government might buy that. And if they do buy it, why and when? I just got off a call this morning, eight o'clock this morning, a gentleman that sells PPE equipment. And we just kind of had that same conversation. And I was telling him because he was thinking federal contracts. And I was like, well, you may have more luck at the hospitals, Mm. Ah. at the police departments, at the fire, at first responders, because they use more PPE on a regular basis than anyone. I go to the VA. Every time I go in there, they give me a mask. Every week I go for a rehab, right? They have gloves. That's a repetitive consumable use of PPE. So in that case, I was like, you may start smaller locally as opposed to federal. So strategy can, strategy can vary. And to your point, Misty, that's where I come in because I can help small business owners 
not waste time. <laughs> you know, I can help you leapfrog uh, to where you're trying to go simply by insight and knowledge of the process. And I, I want to get to our readers is I don't know about in, in, in Kimberly, I don't know if you thought this too. I always thought when I thought grants and contracts, I thought nonprofits and big companies when I think grants and contracts, but what you're, you're able to do is kind of like you said, the mom and pop or any company, if they really sit down and kind of look at, they could qualify because it's not just nonprofits and big organizations that are able to utilize these grants and contracts. Absolutely. Like, there's a misconception out there, if you will. There's definitely a misconception. And uh, I would say there's more opportunity at your state and county level. Mm. One of the things I like to say, and this is a, a recent revelation I personally had, is kind of the way it came to me, is that the federal government is more worried about the states than it is about the constituents of the states, if you will. That's why when a state doesn't do something the government wants, they talk about holding funding and take their money away. Yeah. They play the, that right. little game, right? But the states are truly worried about the people because the people is what's that, that we are the we are the state. That's what makes up the state is the individuals that live there. So there's more contracts and grants that are specific to the people of the county, which yeah. means that there is more work for the small businesses of the county because that's that's how the that's that's contracting right. In order for them to get their needs served, they have to have a local business do it. Wow. So um, wow. this is where. To your point, qualification matters. So you can be a small business or a nonprofit and potentially win a grant. Generally, it's for nonprofits, but there are grants out there like uh, like work work programs. Well, you know, a for-profit company can create a work development program for the community and get a grant to fund that. I've seen them all the time. <laughs> and as a matter of fact, if you're a workforce development company out there, Call me so when I see the next <laughs> one, we can talk about it. <laughs> I love that. You know, Troy, the thing I think about, I have always heard about, and I'll tell you, in years past, worked on contracts. Uh, but what one of the things I've heard from business owners over the years is, man, this takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of time. And there's the conception, also the idea that it takes a lot of money. Can you walk us through the normal timeline? I recognize it will be different for each organization, but it, is it a lengthy process? It is. It's it's a lengthy process, no matter what, particularly for the normal person out there who's not involved in contracting, because you're like, do what? Do this? Do that? It's like, this, it just seems like overkill just because when there's a reason kind of sort of behind the madness. So uh, I'm gonna come back to the time. Um, I'm, I'm gonna hit the cost piece. So costs, I look at it like this: you're you're paying with your time, mm. right? And if you're a micro business, a small business, that we leverage our time for success, absolutely, right? So I'm on this call right now, leveraging my time so that I can um, potentially get a new prospect. Right. Support your program so that you can get right. So we're leveraging our time for success. So because no one's like you're, you're not paying me to do this. Right. I, you know, I, we volunteer, I volunteer is all volunteer. Right. And so you're paying with your time. Um, yes. If you have employees that are working on that, of course, you're paying with salaries for that piece. But mostly it's going to be your time and your energy, uh, which is why you always want to start early. If you start early, it doesn't seem like it's costing you anything because it's not, but the more pressure packed it is, the more you feel it, then it's costing you your health and, and stress and all of that. Um, 
that's the cost. How long it takes really depends on the complexity of the requirement. But generally speaking, it's always going to take probably about a month or so uh, oh. because you have. Wow. That's but not said, long at all. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. So, I mean, you know, like you have a requirement that comes out, you bid, you know, they give you about, you know, four weeks to a month to bid to submit your proposal. And then they're going to take a month to six months to review it. It, it just depends on how complex it is. After they review it, they give the response. Um, that's the process. A lot of the timing is in the writing and the pre the pre work. This is where people don't like, where do I start? Like, it's like, okay, I see that I can do that, but where do I start? Absolutely. This is where I come in, right? There's a there's a process. Like you set up a, 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 an abstract, right? You document and, and make note of all of the basic requirements you have to, uh, you know, uh, respond to and, and, and that drill. And so it, it gets quite lengthy, but this is why I'm here. And so I always say, you know, like, why, like, why work, why play? Like don't don't work where I play. Like the those parts of the requirement and the process are quote unquote simple to me because you know it's ingrained in me. I've been doing it for 30, 33 years basically. I love the why work why play. But the other thing psychologically for small business owners and entrepreneurs especially, they're only usually accountable to themselves and they're only handling what's in front of them. So yes, I could write a grant, but I know I'm going to push it off because, oh, tomorrow I have to speak and the next day this and something's always coming up. But if I work with someone, I want to be accountable to that work that we're doing. So not only can you guide, but psychologically, you provide this next level that they are going to want to get the stuff done faster than they would if they're trying to navigate everything by themselves, especially as you get frustrated and overwhelmed. We always say an overall person does nothing. So instead of trying to navigate it by yourself, bringing in someone like Troy not only helps you navigate it faster and more effectively, but you add in that layer of if you're working with someone else, you're going to hit deadlines and you're going to create deadlines. So I think that that's a win-win for the business owner and the entrepreneur. Absolutely. There's definitely an accountability step there uh, and compliance, accountability and compliance. And it, and it has to come be and from my position you know, I'm going to create a schedule. Uh, there's going to be a, a, a initial uh, action items right off right off the bat uh, because timing is always of an essence, and so uh, or of the essence in, in responding to these these requirements. And so, the you know being organized is very key. Uh, so it's not haphazard at all. And 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 one of the goals of having someone like me is making sure that you don't miss a beat. Right, you're checking all of the boxes that need to be checked while you're pursuing that opportunity because it can be frustrating and take some time to get these proposals submitted. It, it, you want to make sure you do it right because you can yeah. be thrown out for one, one um, non-compliant issue. Like if you don't respond, uh, do something that they say, like, or in such in the way they say it, they can throw your proposal out. And you don't want to do, you know, two, three weeks of writing and work and then just one simple thing gets you thrown out or, you know, God forbid you're late, like you're an hour late submitting your one hour past the due date. They don't have to take it. And that's, they stamp that's, it. We when we give our government contracts, sometimes we, we tell the person because um, it's in Riverside and we tell them we'll pay for the speeding ticket. But this has to be. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. You know, the one thing I think about, Troy, you mentioned small business consulting as well as government contracting. 
when I know the government contracting part being very intensive to some degree, I'm sure that you encounter people who come to you and say, hey, I want the government contract, but they may not be in position for it yet. And so I want to ask, what are some of the challenges you've encountered with organizations that know they want to reach out and get that local state government money, but they aren't ready? What does that look like? Yeah, and and I'm glad you asked that, Kimberly. It it, it happens it happens often a little bit. I mean, to the extent where and what it looks like is that they see the opportunity and and they've been made aware uh, in some way, right? And 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 maybe they do have a chance, right? Based on the product or the service that they sell. But once I go through um, discovery with them and we can kind of talk through their business and you know what they have going on, you know, I I begin to see that they're not as organized as they need to be in order to be successful chasing contracts or chasing a grant, right? Because the government is going to look to, to see and make sure that you are what they would consider a responsible contractor. Mm -hmm. And so there's a there's things that go into being responsible. Basically what it means is that you got your stuff together, right? You, you know, you got, you know, you got your, you know, you got your stuff together, you got your registrations, you know, you register with your city, you register with your state, you have your, you know, you have your your business status, whether it's LLC, S Corp, C Corp, whatever you are, and all of those things. And so what I tend to need to do is, you know, kind of back them up a little bit and say, okay, hold on, like, yeah, yes, the federal marketplace is there, but that's our end state. That's our our macro goal before we get there we have a lot of little steps we need to take to make you a more viable small business mm -hmm. to make you look better and make you perform better because quite frankly i work with a lot of companies at a lot of different levels very successful dynamic sharp large companies to very successful dynamic small companies, right? But they all have differing ways of doing business, different processes. And I pick up on those, right? As, as we all do as professionals. And I, you know, I take the good stuff and I, you know, leave the rest. But what I end up doing is sharing those tips with my clients, particularly if their business operation is similar to another company who I've been working with. I'm like, well, I've been working with one company. They kind of do it like this. And I think you might be able to benefit by slightly switching your process to doing it slightly like they do it. And for these reasons. Right. And that tends to work out. Um, sometimes, you know, folks don't want to do the, that part. They want to get right to the contracts. But of course, you, you got to be a solid company first. Uh, you need to be optimized as far as your processes and your procedures. And uh, that's what I help them to do when they're not ready for the contract, per se. So powerful. So one of the things that I think too is um, sometimes people don't, well, I probably won't qualify, but you would be able to take the time with them and maybe they don't, but you could go from point A to point B and show them how then they could prepare to qualify instead of that's how they take themselves out of the game. You could show them how to put themselves in the game. Absolutely. And I'm glad you said that, Misty. So, so the first point is that, um, yes, I have an assessment that they can take, which it gives me information back that immediately I can kind of see where they are mm -hmm. based on the responses and the depth of the responses, right? Uh, that, that it matters, right? And so, uh, but also though, uh, when we say government contracting, and so if, 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 you're, if you're not listening, listen right now, check this out. Okay, <laughs> fair test right here. <laughs> Turn up the volume. Okay, when we say government contracting, I don't just mean 
company ABC contracting with the government. Government contracting is also kind of what I'm doing where my company, Copper Water Consulting, consults with other small businesses who have a government contract. Ah, so a partnership, joint venture in some essence? And yes, and and or business support, business service, helping them yes. to do their role better. Or in my case, feeding them wisdom, knowledge, and insight so they can take that to the government and say, well, this is what my, this is what I feel. This is what my board is telling me coming from me, right? And the government <laughs> is, if they're not sharp enough and they don't know their stuff, they're going to be challenged, which from our vantage point is a good thing because that just means that if I can have my client challenge the government, that means we're doing a good thing because we wouldn't challenge them in a negative way, right? We would only challenge them to capitalize on the opportunity for our client. And so if, if we can do that, that's good. That, that means because the government doesn't necessarily know their stuff, whereas I have a little bit of knowledge and I use that to my advantage and to my client's advantage. I think that that's huge. I, I hope you guys heard that because what it is is, why would the government want their contract to be successful? And if yeah. you're able to bring in people to help you be even more successful, it's a win-win-win. Yes, absolutely. And the government loves partnerships, especially in the grant world, but in contracts too. Here, here's the thing: the government wants small business to be successful for for a variety of reasons. You know what those reasons are? Is you know you can look them up, but just know that the government wants <laughs> us to be successful. The part, you know, one of the things we're the we're the backbone of the country, the industrial, uh, you know, backbone, if you will. We we are a source for creativity and innovation. Uh, you know, look at what happened in the pandemic. We had a heavy reliance on micro businesses, right, within the communities. Uh, but when you partner, number one, it strengthens the government's uh, what they're getting because they get it's two people, it's two companies involved now, not just one. There's uh, then you also have the creativity, and particularly if these companies are really uh, mutually benefit each other in the in the service or the product that they're providing back to the government. So it just goes back to don't think that well I do this so I can't get a contract with the government. Okay, that might be true, mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean you can't help or support another company that can get a contract with the government. So don't like immediately cut off the idea if you feel like ah, contracts is not for me I mean, because you may just be a creative business person and be very good at program and project management. If you're good at project management, then you can manage a contract for another company. I love that. That's you know, Troy, you just reminded me of two contracts that I've worked on in years past where I was in that position. I worked with another organization who got the contract for the city of Chicago, and I came in, I'll use the word as a sub on their team, but it was me working with them to help them fulfill the requirement. And then just a year and a half ago, the city of Rialto here, working alongside with IBM to get that project done. So that's really good. And I'm glad what you said really triggered those thoughts in my head. That's powerful. And I think it's a great position to be in. So people listen and take note of the opportunities that are sitting here that that are waiting for you. We just have to go look for them and find people like Troy, who is going to equip, empower and give us what we need to get out there in the marketplace. Look, we know we're in a recession. We know we're going to hit. It's not we're nowhere through it. 
And so for businesses, I was just at somewhere last night and they were doing a talk on how to make sure that your customer experiences are on point because some of that money that some of the businesses are, you have extra money, you're going to go do something for yourself that that money might not be there because of the times that we're going to kind of continue to enter. So what we did last podcast was we talked to business owners about suggestions on how to bring in more cash flows. What might that look like? And so it would not hurt to just sit down and have a conversation with Mr. Troy. Conversations never hurt anyone because the worst that could happen is he could give you some pointers on how to elevate your business to be ready and prepared to be able to enter this world, or you're more ready and prepared than you thought. And there might be some things out there that you could start a process in today. Yeah. I mean, you're, you, uh, you, you, you help hit on kind of like why, why I do this Misty in the sense that, you know, I'm not just doing, just do the government contracting and business consulting, but I, I consider myself as just a resource. Like, uh, I am a door, uh, and a bridge to opportunity is how I see myself. And, uh, and that's been confirmed in my life and in my business, uh, dealings consistently. And so I, I stick with it. A lot of it is about creativity. A, a, a lot of magic happens in the conversation. Uh, I am on calls weekly. Uh, with other companies, uh, whether it be sales calls or consulting calls, what have you, discovery calls. But to the point, there's a lot of magic happens. And I'm, I give away so many jewels daily. <laughs> I laugh. I'm like, I, and sometimes I tell them like, hey, here, here's a good one for you. And this is on the house, you know, because <laughs> I'm calling it out because it's good information. They need to know that, you know, people would be paying for this. Mm. But the point being is that when when we get together and we start talking and the imaginations start to go, this is where the true magic happens because I say something from my business experience and background, and you latch on to that with your ideas, and you're like, aha, mm. that's the thing I was missing. And I'm like, yeah. And then we kind of talk about it. And then I'm like, oh, yeah. And I say something else. And then you have an even bigger aha. Yeah. And wow, right there, there's two big major ahas. Even if we stop right there, that's a great call, right? But right. imagine what else may come out of that, right? I mean, how many different positive action steps does the business owner have from there so um i love that a bridge to opportunity you have absolutely blown us away in today's show troy i i cannot i'm sitting here i've got pages of notes and i'm usually not the one taking notes right you don't even take notes (laughs) so i've blown away you are super fantastic amazing we're so grateful to have you but before as we prepare to start wrapping up i've got a question for you You've shared so much on today's show. If you could give our audience maybe one big tip, one thing that would empower them and get them fired up and ready to move, Troy, what would that one thing be? Okay, so I'm going to use two different, I'm going to use a quote. So the first one is, the road to easy street goes through the sewer. (laughs) That's a John Madden quote. and Basically, what I'm saying is that don't be afraid to do things properly. As a matter of fact, from my vantage point, being proper and compliant is the biggest flex you can do because there's so many people out there trying to cheat the game. This is how you win. 
by being compliant and doing what you're supposed to do because so many people don't. So, so that's number one. <laughs> the right. second one is execution is key. You have to plan, you have to execute. As a matter of fact, the three three things I try to do with my companies, if you will, it's in helping is helping them to plan, helping them to execute that plan, and then coming back and reconciling and figuring out what worked, what did not work, what should we keep doing, what else should we do in addition, right? And what should we stop doing? And then boom, repeat, wash and repeat, wash and repeat, right? So those would be two uh, tips I would give to the audience. Wow. 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 Plan, execute that plan, review the outcomes, enhance it, repeat it. Absolutely. Beautiful. We love steps. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So Troy, will you tell our audience where they can find you? Yes. Uh, well, if with that said, uh, I um, I am a the government contracting guru at Herahub Temecula, and my guru hours are every Wednesday from 1.30 to 2.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. You can also reach me on my company website, which is copperwaterconsulting.com. I have a YouTube channel. Uh, it's YouTube forward slash Troy A. Small. And my YouTube channel, uh, please go there, subscribe, watch the videos, like them. There's some good tips in there. Uh, I My goal is to start increasing uh, the amount of videos I post. But of course, okay. business first. Like when business is successful, some of that other stuff kind of has to wait. And that's just how it is. And that's how I, <laughs> that's how I approach business. Like, you know, because you can't do everything. So you got to do the most important things. And if it's making money, that's what's most important. So that's just my vantage point. <laughs> You might, if you're listening on the podcast and not the YouTube, you might want to check out Troy's YouTube because um, you didn't hear from me, but the Hera Hub women love Troy because he's brilliant. And the joke in Hera Hub is he's handsome. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, the, joke. Joke. that's, that's the joke. That's the joke. Check out his YouTubes. Um, just for the nuggets alone, like Troy said, is even when you, sometimes it's better to hear something from a different vantage point. So you might be nervous having a conversation with them, but if you're, you don't want to start somewhere, start at the YouTubes and then check out the website and then ease into it. But please start somewhere because during this time, it's so important you don't leave money on the table because if you don't take it, someone else will. That's someone right. else will. That's right. for sure. And that's part of the problem is that everyone doesn't bid. Mm. So if only a handful of bidding each time, only those handful are winning. And, and it's only because of, lack of knowledge yeah but now there's no longer a lack of knowledge right there's no there's no longer an excuse everyone knows now so you can reach out my email is uh troy at copperwaterconsulting.com and my phone number is 951-491-1200 awesome Troy, we thank you so very much for joining us here on the Made to Inspire show. We're confident this is probably going to be one of the best shows, best well-received, listened to out here because you dropped the nuggets, you dropped the bombs, you brought it all, and we're so grateful for you. But as we say every single week out here to all of you listening, there is something out there waiting for you. Now go get it. Go get it. Go get it. Thank you for listening to the Made to Inspire podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. 
and have picked up some tips, tools, and tactics that will help you move into action. Make sure you follow us on social media. We are made the number two, the letter N, Spire U. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube. We're out there. But best of all, we ask that you leave us a review. Let us know what you thought. Let us know how you're going to use the information that we're sharing week after week to help you take your inspiration into action. We appreciate you and we look forward to seeing you on our next episode.